You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a boot camp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. All right. Well, welcome to the Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. And I'm Imogen. And we're from the Course Report team. And each month we round up all of the most interesting bootcamp industry news that we read about and talked about in the office and shared with each other. And now we're going to share it with you. And it is March 2019, and we've got plenty to talk about. We're going to share some great alumni success stories we read about. A lot of employers spoke about boot camps in the news this month, so we'll share that. And a bunch of boot camps launched new scholarships. Our news alerts were going absolutely nuts this March, partially because we get alerts whenever Carly Kloss is in the news, because she's basically like the face of coding education for girls. Yeah, because she started Code with Clossy, which is a free coding camp for teenage girls. And she's been doing press for her new job as the host of Project Runway. She also has been talking a lot about how she got into modeling and coding. Yeah, and that's great exposure to coding for teenage girls, but also means we get a ton of uh, news alerts. And Imogen, which bootcamp was acquired this March? So Full Stack Academy has been acquired by Bridgepoint Education in a cash plus stock deal worth around $35 million. Bridgepoint owns Ashford University and offers online program management services. In a press release, Full Stack stated that, quote, the partnership with Bridgepoint Education will enable Full Stack Academy to invest in new and existing partnerships with universities and governments, end quote. It also said that, quote, as part of the acquisition, Full Stack Academy will maintain its operating model, brand, purpose, values, and leadership while offering its leading immersive programs in web development, cybersecurity, and emerging technologies. Well, congrats to Full Stack, and it's always cool to see an actual number involved with an acquisition. Ezridge said that the like they got $35 million up front, but then they get an extra $2.25 million shares if they meet certain milestones. So I think that makes the potential deal worth about $50 million. And remember, GA was bought by Adeco for about $450 million. So that kind of made me think, do you think that full stack is one-ninth of the size and revenue of General Assembly? I don't know. But next up, let's talk about our favorite thing about working on Course Report, which is alumni success stories. Imogen, do you want to start off and share one? Yeah, so Built in Chicago highlights four women who have achieved success in the tech industry in Chicago. One of the women, Alex Origitano, went to Coding Bootcamp Dev Bootcamp and now works at Urbanbound, a company that builds software to help employers track employee benefits. In the article, she explains her journey to getting into coding and how she landed her first software engineering job. And the New York Post profiled people in their 50s who went to tech boot camps to switch careers. 58-year-old Meredith Hamilton, who had a background in journalism and illustration, took General Assembly's UX design immersive course 
And now she's the UX lead at New York Cares. And then 51-year-old Kevin Regan also took the UX design course. And 38-year-old Marie Sono learned to code at Flatiron School. And they all discuss how their previous backgrounds are proving useful in their new careers and how they juggled their personal lives with a boot camp. So we get tons of questions from people asking if they're, quote, too old to take a boot camp. I think that this article would be a great resource for them. Totally. And then in a blog post on theoutline.com, a Flatiron School grad, Sophie Health, writes about how she is coping since she lost her legs in an accident. It's a bit of a harrowing story where she can't face mentioning exactly how she lost her legs, but it was an accident in New York that she can't remember. She was already partway through the web development course at Flatiron when it happened. In the article, she details how she had to move home to recover and how she has gradually learned how to walk with prosthetic legs, and now she takes part in amputee sports events. And as she struggles to get used to her new body, she is now working as a freelance web developer. KUTV profiled a graduate of Bottega, which is a boot camp in Lehigh, Utah. McKenna Wood is only 18 years old, but she just graduated from Bottega and was one of 10 women in her class. Bottega says that um, as they kind of graduate more and more cohorts, they're starting to see more women get interested. So that's cool. And then a company co-founded by two coding boot camp grads has been accepted to Y Combinator. Career Karma was founded by twin brothers Timur and Arthur Meister. Timur is an App Academy grad and Arthur went to Hack Reactor. I had forgotten that they were twins, but that's really cool. And then finally, CDA Press and Concord Monitor profiled the graduate of Georgia Tech boot camp who needed to retrain so that she could afford childcare. And she's now a software programmer for Airbus. So congrats to all those grads for doing awesome things after boot camp. It's so interesting hearing about the variety of jobs they've all found. But what are the job prospects of new grads entering the workforce now? Are there enough jobs to go around? Liz, what did you read about this month? A few things. So first, Lifehacker Australia looked at whether coding boot camps work. In the article, in the very beginning of it, they kind of claim that the developer job market is flooded with bootcamp graduates in Australia, um, but that's just kind of a blippy part of this article, and their evidence for that is our 2016 market sizing report, which is US-specific, so it's kind of a weird hollow claim, but funny. Regardless, they go on to describe exactly what a coding bootcamp is for, they give advice about how to decide if a bootcamp is the right choice, how to choose a bootcamp, and how to get into a boot camp. And then Tech Republic writes about a Glassdoor report, which is a much more data-driven uh, piece than the Lifehacker article. And very interesting, the Glassdoor report shows that the average salary for data scientists has seen a 1.4% decline, which they attribute to the newly you know, high supply of data science job seekers. And they mention a boom in enrollments and data science programs and boot camps. I think that makes total sense. I mean, the data science industry itself is still evolving and very new. And so figuring out what that average salary is, is probably something that we're going to continue to define. And I think also as the job just becomes more defined, like there are certainly more data scientists in the market because it's like a real job that you can apply for now, but a very interesting Glassdoor report. And I actually worked on a piece with Full Stack Academy in March for the Course Report blog about how there is still a huge demand for tech workers. And this next piece kind of demonstrates that the majority of employers are interested in hiring bootcamp grads. 
An article in Yahoo Finance looks at stats from a new Hired.com survey, which reports that of the 13% of respondents that said they had attended a coding bootcamp, 76% said the experience helped them land a software engineering job. The survey also found that 57% of employers would consider hiring a bootcamp graduate for an open role, while just 7% of employers said they would not. And here's one example of those companies that will hire bootcamp grads. Delaware Business Times reports that M&T Bank in Wilmington, Delaware, plans to hire hundreds of technologists over the next few years and will partner with organizations like Zip Code Wilmington to recruit software developers. And then an article in the Community Impact newspaper highlights how big tech companies in Austin like Dell, IBM and Apple are hiring and that many of these tech jobs don't require a bachelor's degree. The article looks at how students in their final years at high school are being encouraged to take career and technical education programs at Austin Community College and mentions Austin Coding Academy as an option for people looking to level up and move into higher earning positions. Amazing. Well, so we've been talking a lot recently about income sharing agreements or ISAs, and more and more boot camps are launching these. And it's also becoming a topic of national discussion among politicians who want to help people eliminate college debt and kind of think about the problem of college debt in new ways. So Imogen, let's start with this new boot camp that has an income sharing agreement. Yeah, so a press release announced that income share agreement company Leaf is partnering with Modern Labor, a startup that is paying people to learn software development. Leaf already partners with coding bootcamps such as Lambda School to provide income share agreements or ISAs, but now Leaf's founder Francis Larson decided to launch his own coding bootcamp, Modern Labor, in San Francisco. As well as providing income share agreements, Modern Labor also pays students a stipend of $2,000 per month for the five months of the course. When students graduate and find a job earning more than $40,000, they pay the school 15% of their income for two years with a cap of $30,000. Cool. Great. We'll update our list of ISA boot camps with this one, Modern Labor. And technically, D.C. looks at the launch of Flatiron Schools, ISA in D.C. It's now available in Atlanta, Chicago, Denver, and Washington, D.C. And I actually recently spoke to the Flatiron team to ask them all about like the terms, eligibility requirements, all of that good stuff. We did a great deep dive. Uh, so you can check that out on the blog if you want more details. And then I read two more articles, one in the California Aggie, which looks at the problem of loan debt in the USA and how income share agreements like those offered by Lambda School could be a solution. And then the next article was in the St. Petersburg Catalyst, which offered another potential solution, but this time it's for those who are already in student debt rather than new students starting a program. A startup in Tampa wants to pay off people's student loans for them and then share their income for a set period of time. The company, DeFinance, pays off the loan using money from investors, then uses an algorithm to predict the right income share percentage to provide an ROI for investors. Interesting. That is a new way to kind of implement the ISA model. Very interesting. 
And then finally, we mentioned this California bill from Republican Assemblyman Randy Vopel last month, so I wanted to give a quick update. In February, remember, it failed to make it past the state Senate last session, but it unanimously passed the Assembly. That bill has now been approved in the California State Senate, providing funds to enable students and their universities to enter income-sharing agreements. And then a second ISA bill was introduced by Representatives Mark Green, who's a Republican from Tennessee, and Vincent. Gonzalez, who's a Democrat from Texas. And that was in response to the reports of bribery in the university systems. If you've been paying attention to the news at all, I'm sure you already know about that kind of scandal. Uh, And then we'll update you on that next month if there's any movement on that bill. And while we're on the topic of legislation, this isn't about ISAs, but a San Francisco assemblyman who is concerned about all of the for-profit education programs cropping up to upskill people, has introduced a bill to help regulate the industry. The Sacramento Bee reports that David Chu has come up with Assembly Bill 1340, which would test the value of for-profit programs by comparing the ratio of student debt to the salaries of graduates, and would shut down imbalanced programs that leave students with overwhelming payments and an empty wallet. And as boot camps become more ubiquitous, leaders of cities and states outside of the typical tech hubs like San Francisco and New York are realizing how important it is to upskill their workforce with technology skills. Liz, tell us about the advice Brookings Institute has for governors who are tackling this issue. Sure. The Brookings Institute looks at what governors can do to help residents of their states keep their skills fresh during economic changes like what we're experiencing right now with automation and AI. One of those suggestions is to promote a constant learning mindset and to promote competency-based learning programs like coding boot camps and skills-based hiring where companies look for skills and employees rather than uh, university qualifications. They also recommend providing state training tax credits to encourage more employer-sponsored training for specific jobs and strengthening the education pipeline by ensuring that The K-12 curriculum requires students to take computer science, coding, and statistic classes. So if you are a governor of a state, you are going to want to read this. (laughs) But it's also just a really nice kind of point of view for like developing a, a sustainable kind of economy and community. So cool article. Yeah. And here's an example of where upskilling is already happening and having a positive effect. An article on Barron's.com looks at the revival of Detroit's economy, which it partly attributes to investments from Quicken Loans founder Dan Gilbert. The article mentions coding bootcamp Grand Circus, which is apparently part of Gilbert's portfolio of companies, and the diverse graduates it is producing to fill the increasing number of open tech jobs in Detroit. It also kind of sounds like Ford Motors might be thinking about a partnership with Grand Circus. Yeah, that was an interesting article. Dan Gilbert is just like pumping money into Detroit. Um, But it sounds like it's really boosting the quality of life for folks in Detroit. And here's an example of someone taking advantage of an opportunity to upskill in a changing economy. The Post-Gazette profiled a woman who worked in tech for decades and then uh, helped her husband enroll at Tech Elevator after he was laid off from a retail store. Well, March was Women's History Month, and we were so pleased to see so many announcements about efforts to increase diversity in tech and how coding boot camps fit into that. Imogen, tell us about the article in Forbes, which looked at how companies can diversify their workforce. 
Yeah, so Forbes asked the Forbes Technology Council to share a number of ways to make a more diverse workplace. And those suggestions included things like removing gender, race and ethnicity from resumes, hiring people with a range of backgrounds, and being open to hiring from coding boot camps. According to the Boston Globe, Hack Diversity, an initiative in Boston to provide uh, internships and mentoring programs for talented students at community colleges, public universities, and coding boot camps, has received a $75,000 grant from the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative. And then Microsoft is running data science boot camps in the UK with the goal of making tech jobs more accessible to women. Microsoft is partnering with eight local education providers to provide these boot camps for free for women. And speaking of boot camps for women, the University of Denver Center for Professional Development is partnering with Trilogy Education to run a 24-week women's coding boot camp that aims to bring more women into this industry, which is traditionally dominated by men. Um, this is the first Trilogy school I've seen be all women, but we will keep an eye out for that uh, as a trend. And then up next, I have two pieces of diversity news from Flatiron School. First up, UK Tech News published a guest post by Christy Riordan of Flatiron School about the importance of increasing diversity in tech. Christy profiles a woman who won a scholarship to study software engineering at Flatiron's London campus and now works at Barclays Techstars. And secondly, Technically DC reports that Flatiron School is partnering with SeatGeek to offer $200,000 in scholarships for women pursuing tech education. It's called the 50-50 scholarship and gives women $3,500 towards their tuition. So cool. And then I've got a couple of stories about Lambda School. First, Forbes reported that Lambda School is partnering with VC firm Unusual Ventures to provide six-week online coding courses to computer science students from historically black colleges and universities, including Howard University, Hampton University, and Alabama A&M University. And they're going to participate in 10 to 12-week internships at tech companies like Zola, Datastax, Zscaler, and Harness. Sounds like a really neat program. And then eLearning Inside profiled uh, Lambda School's Summer Hackers Scholarship for women. This scholarship is in partnership with Y Combinator founder uh, Jessica Livingston, who is sponsoring the living expenses for 40 women. And Lambda School is going to cover tuition for those women. And the Summer Hackers Scholarship Program will stretch across 15 weeks beginning on May 20th. So the deadline to apply is March 29th, which is very much coming up. Or if you're listening to this in April, it may have already passed. And then Yes Magazine profiles Redi School, a coding boot camp for refugees in Germany with a focus on women and diversity. We've talked about this school before, but as a reminder, it was launched in 2015 in response to the refugee crisis in Germany, and it now has campuses in Berlin, Munich, and a new campus will open in Hamburg later this year. Galvanize is launching a new scholarship for veterans called the Samsung Veterans Fund, which has $300,000 available in awards for veterans through a partnership with both Vets in Tech and Samsung. And Galvanize also accepts the GI Bill at certain campuses. It's a cool announcement. And finally, Tech Cabal looks at the history of women in tech, with a specific focus on women working in tech in Africa today. 
The article profiles Andela, looks at the importance of communicating tech opportunities to women in the right way, and the importance of representation, how important it is for women to see and be encouraged by their peers. The article also mentions Girl Lead Project, an initiative that runs coding boot camps in Edo State in southern Nigeria. Well, all of those scholarships and initiatives sound amazing. So glad there were so many of them in March. Yeah. And then next up, we want to mention some free coding boot camps, which got some press coverage in March. Liz, tell us about a free boot camp in Huntington, West Virginia. Absolutely. So the Herald Dispatch looks at the most popular courses at Mount West Technical and Community College, and that includes New Force, which is a six-week software coding boot camp that is free in West Virginia. And then Fortune published a new profile of 42 Code School, a free coding boot camp with campuses in Paris and San Francisco. The article profiles student and college dropout James Ayler, who moved from Kansas City to Fremont, California, to attend 42. The article also looks back at the history of 42 beginning in Paris in 2013 and talks to founder Xavier Neal about the impact 42 has had on tech in almost six years. Neil mentions that the 42 in California has actually struggled to fill capacity because, quote, when you are tuition free, people think it's a fraud. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. So apply for 42. They need more <laughs> I guess so, people to yeah. do their free course. KCUR profiles a school that we've talked about before called Launch Code, which was started by a co-founder of Square and has campuses in St. Louis and Kansas City, and they offer free evening coding classes. They're funded by grants. This is actually a really nice listen. We'll post the full recording, but they make the point that it's not just offering free education to students, but also changing employers' practices as well. Um, Take a listen. 90 plus percent of all tech jobs posted online in Kansas City require a bachelor's degree. Ryan Weber is president of the KC Tech Council. He says lots of candidates don't have that. They may have other credentials, though, like an associate's degree. So every tech employer listening to this needs to realize that if you truly need a bachelor's degree, then you have to post it. But most tech jobs don't. And if you're trying to reach new candidates, take the bachelor's degree requirement out. Doing that opens the door for people like Joseph Kauzert to try to prove themselves. He completed the launch code training, then landed an apprenticeship, and finally a long-term gig. 40 hours a week doing web development. He was so relieved. Cool. And then Hallmark University is launching a free cybersecurity boot camp in Austin called the Eastside Cyberforce Prime Program. It's a bit of a tongue twister. The program is eight weeks long and students can earn three industry certifications. Okay, so we read these types of pieces every month, these guides to choosing a coding bootcamp and launching a career in tech. They're great pieces. You should totally read them, but they can get a bit repetitive if we just like tell you the tips every month in our podcast. So we'll just give you a roundup of those. This month, Innovation and Tech Today published one. So did the South African and the Tech Guru Daily. And then Techopedia published a list of 12 tips to learn data science. Yes. And so we will post uh, links to all of these in our blog post, but we don't want to talk your ear off with those same tips. So we will uh, move on to the debate between bootcamp and college. 
Yeah, so many people looking to learn coding skills may be unsure whether their goals require them to get a CS degree at college or whether going to a three to six month coding bootcamp will be enough to get them a job. This month, we read a number of articles which look at when it makes sense for people to go to college versus bootcamp. So Liz, tell us about the guide that BC Business put together for helping people make this decision. Yeah, so BC Business profiles the multiple different ways that people can get a technology education, including universities, technical colleges, and coding boot camps. The article profiles Lighthouse Labs and a brain station data science grad, Jamie Waldern, who also has a computer science degree, and now she works at Microsoft. Um, And even after all that education, Jamie says that this will not be her last degree. She will like continue to grow and learn and participate in more education. And then here's some advice from a real employer on this topic. In an IDG Connect interview, the chief product officer at SailPoint gives advice to aspiring C-level executives. And when asked about coding boot camps versus CS degrees, he says, quote, you don't need a deep technical background to be successful in IT. So a boot camp is probably enough for most IT roles. If you're interested in doing advanced programming or taking on a senior architect role, a computer science degree might be helpful. It depends on what you're trying to do with your career. IT is a broad field and there's room for both types of backgrounds to succeed. I think that is fantastic advice and a very good point. There are so many different, there's such a spectrum of roles in tech, Uh, just like any industry, different education can get you different places. Nate Swainer from DICE reports that at the most recent American Workforce Policy Advisory Board meeting, Tim Cook of Apple says that, quote, about half of our U.S. employees last year were people that did not have a four-year degree. And the company has found that college degrees are not delivering the skills needed and says that actually, quote, we've looked at the mismatch between the skills that are coming out of colleges and what the skills are that we believe we need in the future. We've identified coding as a very key one. So it sounds like Apple's opinion of this is certainly changing. I remember a time when this was not the case and we did not have Tim Cook like talking about how you don't need a degree to work at Apple. So that's a really interesting evolution. Totally. And then Analytics India magazine looks at whether data science boot camps are a good way to break into a data science career. The article compares data science boot camps to master's programs and looks at how quickly grads can land a job. The article's final piece of advice is, quote, don't completely rely on bootcamp, get the required degrees and build a resume with a significant number of projects and experiences, end quote. And that may be good advice for some people, but we've definitely talked to successful data scientists who don't have a strong college background in science. All right. And then Rosalie Chan from Business Insider took a look at how much people can make in different software engineering jobs after a coding bootcamp or a CS degree. We know that in a tech hub like San Francisco, software engineers are taking home an average of $155,000 a year, but Hired conducted a survey of 700 developers across the country and put together this list from front-end engineers making $140,000 in San Francisco to blockchain engineers making $155,000. This is just kind of a nice updated landscape, although salaries do seem to be a tad inflated in this, um, and they really focus on San Francisco and New York. The Register UK also wrote about this hired survey, focusing on that demand for blockchain engineers. 
And they also point out that Java manages to be both the third most loved and second most hated programming language in the survey, which I thought was funny. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. And then Tech Republic looks at how to recruit a college grad, looking at what skills companies should focus on when hiring people for technical roles. Interestingly, it suggests that employers look online at career fairs and at tech boot camps. So it sounds like they're implying that people should get a degree and then go to boot camp. Yeah, that's funny. To find a college grad, look at a tech boot camp. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got a ton of updates from coding boot camps this month, including a bunch of new courses, new campuses. So Imogen, start us off. Tell us about a new boot camp launching in Syracuse. Yeah, so WAER reports that Hack Upstate has officially launched its coding bootcamp aimed at women and minorities in Syracuse. And at their launch event, they brought along local business partners who have job openings. The Indiana Business Journal looks at the launch of 1150's new part-time bootcamp and mentions Kenzie Academy, which is another Indianapolis bootcamp. And then Tech Elevator has announced a new campus in Detroit. The first class starts on May 28th and applications are open now. Applicants should allow time for the five-week pre-course work before classes begin. Bunch of great Detroit news this month. I love it. ABC reports that Suncoast Developers Guild in St. Petersburg, Florida, is launching a part-time evenings and weekends program to make coding education more accessible to women and minorities and folks that need evening and weekend options. And then we don't usually mention press releases in this podcast, but there were a bunch of announcements that we thought were important at March from press releases. So we'll give them a nod here. Okay, a few things. So Trilogy is launching a coding boot camp at University of Sydney in Australia. La Wagon has announced a new campus in Singapore. Coding Dojo is offering 50% off to students who are affected by the closing of the Art Institute of Seattle. Galvanize is partnering with Monterey Digital Hub, which is a digital business incubator in Mexico, to offer their tech education programs to entrepreneurs. And Lighthouse Labs is expanding their Ottawa-based offerings, which in 2019 will include the Coding Bootcamp's full-time web development bootcamp. And Thinkful is expanding their in-person communities into Minnesota. Wow. Lots of updates. (laughs) A lot going on. And then Imogen, we added a ton of new boot camps to the course report directory this month. Do you want to go through the ones that we added? Yeah, sure. So we added Sputnik, a UX design and software developer boot camp in London, UK. Rambutan Code Academy, a full stack web development boot camp in Sabah, Malaysia. Build School, a free 16 week full time iOS development boot camp in San Francisco. Code Notch, a 12-week full-time and six-month part-time mobile development bootcamp in Madrid, Spain. Experience School, a 12-week UX design bootcamp in Hyderabad, India. Pluralsight, an online learning platform. Skills Abroad, a bootcamp where students learn to code while traveling around four different countries. Austin Sales Academy, an online sales training bootcamp in Austin, Texas. And She Codes Plus, a six-week development boot camp for women in Lisbon, Portugal. Amazing. Welcome to all of those boot camps. There's so much variety between all of those boot camps. I love all the nuances. Um, So welcome to all of those new boot camps. 
And Imogen, what was your favorite piece to work on the Course Report blog this month? So I really enjoyed interviewing a woman who learned to code part-time at Hackbright Academy while balancing a full-time job. Takia told me what it was like learning in an all-women's coding boot camp, how her boss let her be flexible with her days off so she had time to study, and how she landed an awesome apprenticeship at Twilio, a cloud-based communications platform in San Francisco. Amazing. Go, Takia. Um, well, do you want to know my favorite? Oh, yes. Okay. I'll tell you. Well, I put together a comparison of the costs of online coding boot camps in March. I think, you know, the landscape of online coding boot camps is so wide, so vast. You've got these like $30 a month subscriptions. You've got full time boot camps that cost $20,000. It's complicated to understand how much you should be paying for an online boot camp. So we chose courses that are true coding boot camps. Like you uh, commit a certain amount of time, you can expect to get a job when you graduate and compare the costs of all of those. So hopefully that will be helpful to folks looking for online schools. Yeah, I think that's a really useful piece for people who want to compare those costs. Well, that about does it. As always, thank you for tuning in. We will see you next month on the April Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. And as always, we love feedback. So email us at hello at coursereport.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, help other future bootcampers find it by going to iTunes, subscribing to the Course Report podcast, and leaving a review. See you next month. Bye. Bye.